Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey, mamas. I'm so glad you're here with me today. We are going to start things out by talking about the reason behind the Modern Mommy Doc podcast and what we're doing here. At Modern Mommy Doc, we're all about winning at parenting without losing yourself. And that's a nice little catchphrase or motto, but more than that, it's a way to approach motherhood that helps real moms be successful on their parenting journeys. No matter what kind of life they have, no matter what kind of kid they have, no matter what their background is, basically no matter what they bring to the motherhood table as they start out and as the stresses pile up along the way. Believe me, as a pediatrician, I am not naive to the traumas and the real heartache that happens in people's lives. And so I'm not trying to Pollyanna this for you. Yeah, some situations are tougher or a lot tougher than others, and there are circumstances that are out of our power or control. But our response to what life and motherhood in particular throws at us is a lot of times really up to us. Sure, there are genetic factors that influence how we respond. There are life situations that influence how we respond. But in the end, it's on us to decide how we're going to live our lives. So, Before we dig deeper on any particular resource or piece of information that I have on how to be a successful mom, I want to set the foundation for you as to how this revelation about how to kill it at motherhood came to me and what I've learned on my own pediatrician slash motherhood journey. And major caveat here, I am not a perfect parent and my kids are most definitely not perfect kids. Uh, tonight, my little one screamed at my older one, I wish you were never born, which was awesome. I felt amazing. I felt like I had a huge feather in my cap at that moment. And my older one said that I hadn't done anything that she wanted to do today and that she had a terrible day. So um, <laughs> all kids right? From time to time, we're going to act up even if we do things the exact perfect way. And all kids are going to have troubles, even if we parent them perfectly. Just like we as parents, as moms are still going to have bad days, still going to have things that go wrong, still not going to feel like we are living the life that we want to every single day. Even if we're super intentional and we are super prioritized, we have everything kind of lined up, We know that life is life and it's in some ways kind of meant to be hard. So this isn't some strategy that I have to make everything perfect. It's a strategy for how to make it okay, even when it's not perfect, how to cope even in the hardest times. Okay, back to the beginning. So I thought I had it all figured out before my first baby came into the world. I was a Stanford trained pediatrician. I had been in private practice for several years I was puffed up on my book knowledge and telling other people how it was, you know? So what a surprise that when I had my own kid, the experience kind of brought me to my knees. 
as an infant, she was tough. She was colicky. She spit up on every single piece of black clothing that I had. And then as a toddler, it wasn't that much better. She had lots of tantrums. She had a hard time sleeping. She had outbursts just like every other three-year-old that I took care of at my job and my pediatrics practice. And a lot of times her tantrums seemed like they were even worse than other parents described to me. My husband and I really struggled to help her as she struggled. And it was hard to figure out what the issues were that were making her childhood so hard for her and, and for us, really. My second daughter's birth brought a whole other layer of chaos to our lives just because, well, she was a whole other kid, right? And while she was a lot easier, she still had bad days, just like any other baby or toddler does. And at the same time, I was working full time. I was trying to fulfill all my outside obligations. Motherhood was just way different than I thought it was going to be because I felt like my life was literally out of control most of the time. And I don't mean in the basic ways, like we had food to eat and we had a roof over our heads. We lived in privilege in all those ways, just like most of you. The level of overwhelm that I experienced when I looked at my life was kind of crushing. I felt like my life was happening to me and that motherhood was just a series of bad nights and endless obligations and expectations. And I know that that's true for so many other moms out there, that there are these paradoxical demands that the world puts on us that we know we can never, ever meet. And then it's hard to figure out exactly where we stand in the world. I wrote a blog about it in January about what the world says we need to do or be in order to be considered a good mom. Like make sure you are spectacularly efficient, plan Pinterest worthy birthday parties, keep a hopping social calendar, prep for college admissions when your kid's a toddler, make it to all your own fill in the blank appointments and stay perfectly balanced and happy at the same time, which I think is the real killer. You feel me? Have you been there? Are you there right now? Because the moms that I meet are, and it's crazy. So I decided at some point I wasn't willing to lose myself or my authentic relationships with my kids or my love for my partner or my sanity for some version of happiness someone else defines. And I know it's one thing to kind of say no to the world's ridiculous mandates, but it's another thing to say yes to something better and to figure out what that something better is. But I know that saying yes starts with deciding what kind of mothers and people we want to be. It starts by asking ourselves the big questions like, where am I headed? What do I want my life to look like in five to 10 years? How about 30? What kind of adults do I hope my kids will become? Strong, confident contributors who give, heal, and inspire, or individuals who look successful on the outside but are like super stressed out and fragile on the inside? How do I want my relationship to be like with my kids once they're grown? How about my partner? What is this all for? And most importantly, how do I want my relationship with myself to look? Am I going to be tied to the pressures the world would love to put on me or will I be living according to what matters to me? When you look into the future, I just bet you hope that you'll be living in a way that makes you joyful and fulfilled. But guess what? How your life and your kids' lives look in 5, 10, 20 years depends on what you do right now, mama. It depends on what you do today. And I don't say that to put pressure on people on you because 
I know that actually when you choose the way you live and the way you parent, instead of just letting it happen haphazardly, there is actually way less pressure. In fact, the opposite is true. You have the freedom that you crave. So you've got to decide, are you going to parent in a way that makes your kids resilient? Are you going to be joyful and content, able to weather the storms of life yourself? Because life is marching on day by day. We can't stop it, but we can decide to live and to parent with intention. So, you know, the successful moms that I know, the biggest thing they do is they don't let external pressures pile on, but they have something they do instead. They're highly intentional about six core areas. First and foremost, they are extremely intentional about their own dreams. They dream really big. And my go-to for goal setting inspiration is author and business mogul, Rachel Hollis, mostly because she's just hilarious, but she literally wrote the book on visualizing the life that you want to have and choosing to go out and get it. And again, recognizing full well that there are barriers and setbacks that are going to be there along the way. And I like that she talks about understanding where you're going and why you're going there being the foundation on which we determine our priorities. When we know big picture where we're going, it helps us decide where to place our efforts and how to spend our time day by day. We have to be crystal clear about the dreams that matter most to us. In order to do that, so clear, in fact, that we write them down and we own them, which I totally get can be daunting to do. It's daunting to lay claim to our hopes and dreams, and usually for one main reason. This is true for me. I bet that is true for you, too. On the surface, you know, we're afraid someone else won't agree or won't approve. Think about it, though. It would be crazy for you to let someone else's opinions decide how your life is ultimately going to turn out, right? I have really big dreams and the dream at the top of the list is the one that opened the gates for the rest of the other dreams to fall into place. Some are still happening. Some I'm still working toward. The first one is that I live completely debt-free. The second is that I'm in the best health of my life, physical and mental. The third is I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Those are big dreams. There's seven more. You can read about them in the Parenting with Intention journal. But the point is they're big. And maybe some are like a little too small for some people. Like, oh, they're helping your health and your physical health. You might, okay, whatever. Guess what? I don't care. They're my dreams. Guess what else? You also shouldn't care if when you write out what you're hoping for and dreaming about above all odds, if someone else laughs or comments negatively about that, why? Because they're your dreams. No one else should get to tell you what's silly or too ambitious for your life because it's your life. The second thing that successful moms are intentional about is spending time on things that matter. They don't waste their time. And that's where writing out our priorities comes in. So This is how we get granular about how much time we'll give to any one area on a daily basis. And remember, this is really fluid and depends entirely on the stage of motherhood you're in right now. At this moment, I'm talking to you, mama. When you have a newborn, your priority is to make sure you're taken care of and to make sure your baby is taken care of. And that is it, period. When your infant is a baby or a toddler or even a little older, you're going to be at a completely different stage. 
And with that stage will come more sleep and more brain space for bigger dreams and bigger plans. So give yourself grace. I believe it's never too early to be dreaming about things. And I think sometimes that dreaming helped me to have kind of an instant vacation from what was going on right in front of me when I had a newborn. But I just don't want people to feel pressure. Don't feel pressure that you have to go out and dream bigger than you can at whatever stage that you're in. But I would challenge people that usually dreaming larger than you think you can will only be helpful to you. In the New Baby Blueprint book, I talk all about my friend, Christy, who is a business exec coach, and she spends all day long talking to leaders and helping them make million dollar decisions. And she was kind enough one night to sit with me at a bar and write out on a napkin all the major categories of life. So kids, spouse, work, exercise, friendships, hobbies, homemaking, travel, experiences, appearance. And she wrote them in random order. And then she asked me to rank them in order on the left-hand column, according to what I, in an ideal world, would spend the most time doing. And exercise, I want to be clear, didn't mean like you're trying to get skinny. It meant like you're taking time to take care of yourself and to take care of your physical self and your mental self. So anyway, so she told me, rank them as a private list and don't think about what other people would think, just write them down. So I called it my ideal list. And the things at the very top of the list were exercise and stress reduction, then kids, then travel and experiences, and then hobbies or sports. That included writing for me and the work that I do on modern mommy doc at the time. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that because it didn't exist. In the next column, she asked me to rank what I thought I spent my time on in reality right now. And in reality at that time, number one was work, my clinical practice, seeing patients as a pediatrician. Number two was homemaking. Number three was my kids. Number four was hobbies and sports. Number five was my appearance. Travel and experiences was at the very bottom as was exercise and stress reduction, when those were the things that I cared the most about. And so that comparison was scary for me. I didn't like it at all because I felt like I actually wasn't living for the things that I cared about the most. I I must be living according to someone else's priorities. So I changed it. I switched it up and I decided I would spend way more time and energy on the three items on my ideal list as opposed to the top three things on my reality list, because there was joy at the top of the ideal list. Stress and resentment were at the top of the reality list at that time. So I had to switch it to make it so the joy was at the top of my reality list. And I think that you do too. If you're in a position where your reality list doesn't look anything like your ideal list, Someone is most definitely going to write me or put a comment on my website that talks about how I am being unrealistic and that there are a bunch of tasks that they have to get to every single day that make it so that they can't just live according to their priorities. And I totally get that, except that I would challenge you to think about that because I I think, I know that we spend more time than we need to on things that don't matter because we think we have to be the one that does all of them. And sometimes because we think we need to do things that in the end 
don't actually serve us or our kids or anyone. They're just for appearances. So I would challenge you to think about if you could delegate some of the tasks that suck up all your time or automate them or completely forget about them, you will still have to do things that don't matter to you. That's totally fair. That's the same for me. I mean, really, but those things just cannot and should not define you. And if you give them less time and brain space, they will not. Hey mama, when I think about the times I have felt the most overwhelmed or discouraged as a mom, they all share one common theme. In all of them, I felt directionless or like I was headed in the wrong direction even. So I I dove into what can make it better for myself or for my family or just for life in general. I started thinking every day about how I was actually going to move toward where I wanted to be in six core areas. My dreams, spending time on what matters, making space for myself, taking care of my mental and physical health, parenting and partnership, and being really purposeful about understanding who my kids are, what their needs are, and how I can best parent them as individuals. And after a while, I realized I had something I could come back to when I felt rudderless, but also that I felt lost less often. So I started writing down for the ModernMommy.community more about these six core areas. And that's how the Parenting with Intention journal came to be. Because as I shared what I learned about intentional parenting with other mamas in my clinic or online, it resonated with them. We designed the Parenting with Intention journal to be quarterly, so you could start fresh every three months and be able to look back on the year in chunks and see your progress. If you're feeling like you could use some more intention in your motherhood journey, you can check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash shop. You can make your own journal with a notebook or even lined paper. You don't have to buy anything to do this. Above all, I hope you'll take at least five minutes a day to stop, slow it down, and really get intentional about what your motherhood journey is all about. Successful moms are also intentional about making space for themselves. That's the third thing they focus on. They make space for their own needs and they don't do it because they're selfish. Though I would say that you have to be slightly selfish in a way that's totally healthy, which just means you are the one that's looking out for you in order to make that space. We use selfishness as a dirty word, and it is if it means that we take time for ourselves to the detriment of other people. But I know that as a mom, taking time for yourself is like drinking water. It's a necessity. I know that if you don't take good care of yourself, you just cannot take good care of anything else because like Carla Nomberg talks about in her book about not losing it with our kids when they act out, we all have triggers. We all have buttons. We all have things that if they happen, they make us kind of go off the deep end. And I know that if I'm not taking care of myself, those triggers are like just ready to be pushed. Those buttons are ready to be pushed. Those those triggers are ready to just go off. And so taking care of myself means that then in the end, I'm a better mom to my kids, I'm a better spouse to my husband, because when I show up and I'm with them, I'm actually there as my best version of myself versus as my resentful version of myself, 
And that requires throwing off mommy guilt. That requires getting real about why we're not taking care of ourselves. It means that we have to think about, are there other people that we need to get involved in our lives to help us figure out how to make space for ourselves? So friends or family, or sometimes even professionals like therapists who will allow us to give ourselves grace and to figure out what things we shouldn't do so that way we can do what we actually should do to be whole human beings. Successful moms are also intentional about investing in their mental and physical health, which goes along with the last core area of success. And when I think about this, I really think of a marathon sprinter so or a marathon runner. So if someone is running a marathon, they know they have to reserve some of their energy for the end. They don't just start running as fast as they can when the gun goes off to start their race. They they consider it that they're in it for the long haul. And moms who are successful in this area really see their mental and physical health that way. They know they have to invest from the very beginning if they want to be successful in the end, if they want to finish strong, because otherwise they're going to burn out and that's going to be no good for anyone. And of course, there are a billion stressors and social factors that make this really, really hard for moms, especially in the first few months of their child's life, but even after that. And there are a whole ton of things that need to change from a societal perspective to make it easier for moms. But until that glorious day, we have to do it for ourselves and we have to learn what are the boundaries we need to put up and what are the stands we need to take to say, I am worth 45 minutes to an hour a day to make sure that I'm, I'm whole and well. Postpartum depression and anxiety also play into this Moms who are successful ask for help when they need it and are willing to accept help even when they don't know that they need it. So postpartum depression and anxiety are real issues, issues that I have faced in my own experience. You can guess why now from my story about my own child and how hard it was with her and so I, I needed help. I needed other people to come alongside me. And it was family members, friends who said, Hey, you're not yourself. And so sometimes being a successful mom in this area means being vulnerable and being open so we can get the help that we actually need. And that feeds into the fifth core area that successful moms focus on, which is being intentional about parenting and partnership you got to ask for help. You got to understand you are not the only person in your home or community who can care for your child well. Our partners can totally do it if we get out of their way. Other family members, childcare providers, they can totally do it if we throw off the mommy guilt, kick that to the curb, decide, nah, life's better than that. Life could be better than it being only me who carries all of the burdens. And then finally, successful moms are really intentional about the way they parent their kids. So I know that if I want to raise healthy, resilient kids, if I want my daughters to be 
competent individuals who can pick themselves up when they fall down, when they're older, who can rise to a challenge or who can get help when they don't know what to do. That means that I have to really be paying attention to the way I talk to them now. And I need a specific parenting style and a specific parenting goal. I want my kids to be resilient when they get older. I care way less about their short-term academic success. I know that superficial things like grades are less important and that long-term meaningful measures like joy and contentment and contribution, that those things are the things that matter for my kids. And so when you are a successful mom, you start looking at then how can I promote that in my kids? What things should I be doing? We know our words matter. Then when we talk to our kids and what we do when they mess up and what we do when they have a problem with their friend on the playground and little Johnny is mean to my daughter and the mama bear in me wants to jump right in and solve the problem for her. But I know that I can't do that. And I know I can't do that because I've learned so much about what it means to raise a resilient kid and the really, really specific scientifically based steps that it takes to get there. You know, every day you get to choose the kind of mother that you'll be and the kind of life that you live. And this is true, mama, for you holding your newborn. This is true for you, mama, not even with your newborn yet, who's pregnant, who is waiting to welcome this baby into the world. It might seem like some of these things are core areas that count for moms who have older kids, but no way. These are things that matter right this second. They matter from the get-go. And it doesn't mean we do them perfectly, but it does mean we come back to them when we feel lost or when we feel like we're directionless or rudderless, that things aren't going the way that we hoped that they would go, that motherhood is not looking the way that we hoped that it would be even in those early days and weeks. And for you, mama, with the toddler who's screaming and demanding that she pour her own orange juice into her cup and spilling it everywhere and pulling every single thing off the cabinet shelves and taking every single piece of clothing off the hangers. My kid yesterday. This is for you too. This is for you because you're in it in a different way, in a way that starts to feel more real once your kiddo becomes a little bit older and you see their personality and you see how the focus and attention that you put onto your parenting starts to make a big difference. I know that winning at parenting without losing yourself is possible, even if you have the hard kid, even if you have the hard baby, because I do it myself every single day. You know, in the end, for my daughter, we saw specialists, we read a ton, we learned about her temperament specifically about what she needed. And we also learned what we needed to do to be whole people and to be an intact family, given what the limitations were that she had. And I think that's a metaphor for what parenting is in general, that there's all this chaos around you 
everything is kind of crazy. But when you figure out this is the path I'm going to take to be calm in the storm, that's the thing that makes all the difference and that makes you successful over time. Hey, 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 if you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.